1: I was going to have any energy whatsoever when I rolled into the studios early this morning, by the way. I came in early because it is going to be 105 degrees at my house today. They said that once you get a mile inland from uh, the coast, that it's going to be hitting at 104, 105. So I was like, I got to get on out of here, out of my unair conditioned house. I don't know what this person was thinking who built my house with no air-conditioning my husband. Anyway... So I came into the studios early uh, thinking just, I was exhausted from trying to sleep in a hot house last night, but here I am, just always excited to share this time with you all. Thank you all so much for being here. Shout out to everybody watching via Facebook Live. Please do share that video and keep the comments, conversation rolling. Uh, also, don't forget about me on Twitter, by the way, Andrea K Show and joining me as usual to share this fun is none other than DJ Carrot Sticks.
2: Hear ye, hear ye. You are now graced with the presence of DJ Carrot Sticks.
1: Are you kidding me?
3: And they said that needed to be a little bit classier, so I classed it up a little bit.
1: (laughs) Oh, you did? Yeah, you about as classy as Prince Charles when he was talking about being a feminine hygiene product, okay, on Camilla. That's what you just did to me on the 8K show, but at least thanks for giving me a laugh. DJ Carrot Sticks. All right. um, And laugh. I got it. I got to laugh at the performances at the at the circus that's going on in D.C. as I was prepping for today's show. It's almost uncanny how sometimes all the stories kind of come together with a through line. And the one that kept jumping out at me is what do all these stories, everything have in common. And it's the circus that's happening right now. It is flat out a circus. And God bless President Trump for making sure that we all see that it's exactly a circus going on, that we have a big tent around D.C., With all these performers under the tent, all pretending to play a role, they all auditioned and said that they had certain acts and certain abilities and certain talents that they were going to bring to bear in order to perform and put on a good show and actually, you know, be a good traveling circus. And it's, and it, and it's not, it's not what's happening. It's like, it's like why Ringling Brothers had to go out of business. You know, we got the media, you look at the different acts under the circus, you got the media. They're pretending to play a role. Their performance is pretending that they're actually doing their job of of a free press and holding elected officials accountable. When the reality is, as we can see absolutely clearly, another thing that was really brought to the forefront of Americans thanks to uh, the new ringleader, President Trump, is how the media is nothing but a shill and in collusion with a left. And they literally are today's Pravda. Uh, you've got then you've got the politicians on both sides of the aisle you know all pretending for Mitch McConnell and you know Nancy Pelosi all putting on acts as though they hate each other you know they're like the different animals in the in the circus all growling at each other but it's really for effect when the reality is as proven by George W. Bush when he came out last week, man stood silent for eight years and said nothing as President Obama trampled our Constitution with executive orders, just trampled the rule of law with his illegal immigration and his DACA plan, the cover-ups involving Benghazi. Now we know the cover-ups involving our national security, W stayed silent, but then he comes out to attack, attack Trump. Why? Because he's just a part of that family under the big top, that circus family. Also, you know who are some of the other players, the animals and the sidekicks going on in the circus? It's it's the uh, the consultants like Carl Rove who came out this morning attacking President Trump, telling him he should stay out of it in any tax discussions today. Excuse me, Carl Rove. It was President Trump who was elected as president. One of the primary reasons was for his tax policies. So it's not President Trump that needs to shut up. It's you, Carl Rove, and the rest of you consultants who from the Republican side in particular. Who pretend that you care about conservatism and putting forth a conservative agenda and that goes for newt gingrich, newt gingrich uh for me by the way uh, and then of course you've got you know the lobbyists you know who all pretend you know when we even know who the lobbyists are and then of course there's there's those those on the left the democrats still pretending as though they care about minorities they care about all the different identity groups that they've done nothing but foster division and hate among uh, of course we we've seen clearly now too the truth about that so we do have a new ringleader brought in by the people the american people elected Donald J. Trump to come in and be the ringleader of the this, this circus. And God bless him for everything that he's trying to do. He's trying to get the people's agenda passed. He's trying to corral all these different players and these performers. And he's coming to them. He's saying, look, you auditioned and said that you were a high wire act. And then you get in here and you're three feet above the ground and you still got a net under you. You say you, you can walk a high wire, get up there and do it you say you can tame some lions then you got out there and you tame some lions otherwise we're going to replace you coming in 2018 do your job well my job is to continue the conversation we get back from the break and we're going to pick it up because there's a, there's an issue that nobody's really been talking about lately but we got to keep it at the forefront and i am pleased to have none other than pamela geller here to talk about the scourge of islam and our nation radical islam and the islamization of america stay tuned
0: You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. So glad to have you all here with me. Thanks to everybody who's commenting on Facebook Live. Love you all out there. Great comments. Um, by the way, everybody... Um, um, Doug Kaiser has a good point that leads me into my next guest. In fact, it's a question for her. Uh, story not getting, as I said, going into the break, one area of concern for this nation that's just really, it's it's an issue that's been on the back burner. And we've really got to keep it at the forefront is the threat that we face with radical Islam in this country and the creeping Sharia. Uh, President Trump was elected to do many things, one of which was to stop the importation of terror through our borders, whether it be the southern border, whether it be the the virtual border with visas, as well as the refugee program. And Doug Kaiser uh, correctly points out that today, President Trump is going to be signing, I think, an executive order on the refugees, capping them at 45,000, which is about 44,999 too many, in my opinion. Um, but my opinion means nothing compared to on this issue compared to my next guest. Uh, she is the author of a new book called "Fatwa Hunted in America," and you don't get a fatwa issued on you unless you are doing some major work in stopping the scourge of the Islamization of America. Joining me now is none other than Pamela Geller. Hey, Pamela, welcome to the Andrea K Show. Hey, Andrea, thank you so much for having me. Okay, well, um, before we get into your book, because I'm fascinated, I was so excited you had a book coming out, because we all, um, you know, when you burst on the scene and we we heard so much about, like, the Garland, Texas, and, and how you, you began to be, even from some people that supposedly care about the security of our country, started referring to you as the most dangerous woman in America and how you were the problem. Uh, many of people didn't really know your background and how you really came to the forefront of that. But before we get into your book, Um, I want to ask you about what you think about um, this permanent, quote, solution to the travel ban and what President Trump plans to do today with the refugees.
2: Well, I'll be very honest with you. It's not enough but we understand what he is up against. One only has to look to Europe. Uh, It's a cautionary tale. Europe is literally at war. It's under siege. And whether we like it or not, um, Islamic immigration is directly tied to Islamic terrorism. If you don't have Islamic immigration, you don't have Islamic terrorism. It's not rocket science. Uh, The idea that the left is hell-bent on importing this well, in many cases, invading army should deeply disturb every American. And those that don't see it are not paying attention or, frankly, are misinformed. Um by the hand of the media, I mean, they will not um, criticize or mention or offend Islam. They are Sharia compliant. I mean, just, you know, my story is the story of every American who takes on this fight. I I am but a proxy in this terrible long war. What happened to me, Andrea, is what happens to every American in large and small ways um, that takes on this fight. Just last week, the ringleader of a Muslim plot to behead me. Was convicted on on every count in Boston. There was a plot to come down to New York and remove my head from my body. They had wow. actually bought this giant this giant knife. And it, had they not had one of the jihadis not gone after a Boston cop? who killed him, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, God only knows what would have happened. And again, we see the FBI was in on that plot, you know, had infiltrated that plot, but never warned us, never told us. Just like in Garland, Texas, they were in on that plot. They were texting the jihadis. They were at our event, our free speech event. They didn't warn us. They didn't tell us. 60 Minutes did a piece on this. They were in the car behind the jihadists when the jihadists got out of the car to begin firing on Americans. In at a free speech event mm-hmm. in Texas, okay, mm-hmm. they took cell phone footage and then and drove away. The Garland police pulled them over, thinking that they were part of the plot. Wow. But they didn't have any there, anyone there to protect us, Andrea. It was my security team. It was my apparatus who killed those jihadis. Wow. So you see, we've been compromised. It's not just the enemy media who silencing silencing and censoring. Look at the Orlando, plot, the Orlando mm-hmm. Jihad attack. Omar Mateen called 911 as she was mowing down nightclub revelers at the Pulse nightclub. And yet 10 months after that attack, the FBI said they still didn't know the motive. Uh, and
1: and, and anyway, not only that, excuse me for interrupting. Somebody asked me the other day, whatever happened to the wife? Because we know that the wife was involved. She helped him do, you know, drive-by. She helped him uh, case the joint and helped him plan. Same thing with the Boston uh, uh, bombers absolutely. up there. They're making
2: the bombs in the kitchen yeah. in Boston, in her kitchen. The, the, the FBI has been compromised by these terrorist-tied groups like CARE. Look... The most disturbing development is Las Vegas. I've been doing this work since 9-11. It's how I got involved. That was my political awakening. But the point is, I can tell you the Islamic State has never taken credit for an event that is not theirs. In, in, in the Sinai, when the, that passenger jet went down and they took credit and law enforcement said, no, it wasn't them, they're being opportunistic, weeks later, the Islamic State... Uh, provided proof, photographic proof of of the bomb. And this past June in the Philippines at the casino, the Resort Mm -hmm. World Casino, they took credit, and law enforcement authorities dismissed it and poo-pooed it, and it turns out it was sanctioned if not directed by the Islamic State. The fact is they took credit, and they did something they never did before in Vegas. They doubled and tripled down. They said he had converted six months ago. Stephen Paddock Mm -hmm. converted six months ago. They said that they gave his Islamic name, but for the FBI to dismiss it, Mm-hmm. So out of hand. It's so disturbing. Uh, to me, the most it's the most terrifying aspect of this entire horrible botched investigation, which, by the way, no one, no media is talking about anymore. The most heinous attack mm-hmm. on innocent revelers, you know, singing the American anthem at the most, you know, uh, wholesome America apple pie flag waving event. Okay. And right. no one is talking about it. And Stephen Paddock made multiple trips to the Middle East. What was his itinerary, Andrea? Right. Who was he meeting with? No one's talking about it. His girlfriend had relatives in, in Dubai. No one's talking about it. And over 200 of his foreign financial transactions were flagged for covert terrorism financing. And no one is talking about it. They're saying, the FBI is saying three weeks later that, well, you know, he had a prescription for Valium, mm-hmm. 60 pills or 50 pills, and he took 20 over the course of a year and a half. Mm-hmm. That is absurd. That yeah. is nutty. That is embarrassing. That is scary. Yeah,
1: and we're not and we have the we haven't heard the 911 call. Uh, it's been a, a, a complete media blackout in terms of of we don't we're not even getting any pref- press conferences anymore that I can see uh, the security guard was hustled away when he was supposed to be doing interviews and then then he shows up on the Ellen deGeneres show when you know when she's you know got her her machines in in the Mandalay Bay I mean the whole the whole way that that has been handled stinks and those of us who question anything with the FBI have been told many times that I'm not allowed to do that as though you know how, how did we get to this nation to where our investigative bodies are are above reproach now and we're not even allowed to criticize them or question them or we're attacking their patriotism. I mean, we now know that they've been, they covered up for the sale of our uranium to Russia, which, yeah. you know, is just going to hand it off to Iran anyway, who's who's d- said that they want to destroy Israel and the United States. I mean, how did we, bigger picture than that, you talk about 9-11. One of the things that's made me crazy every year as we get to the anniversary is this hashtag, never forget. Well, we sure have forgotten, haven't we? When we do have the FBI and our entire Department of Homeland Security that's that's not allowed to have the word sharia in it or have anything related to radical islam in it that you know fort hood is referred to as you know workplace violence we've got this woman brought in from from you know pakistan who's been studying at a madrasa who who's brought in on a fiance visa and you know we we have forgotten haven't we when we have americans that are okay with you having a fatwa on your head for speaking out
2: Listen, um, this is why I wrote the book. I don't think that people, the American people, are aware that in doing this work, standing in defense of our freedoms, I am under a 24-hour death threat. I have 24-hour security. It is required of me to do that in order to stand in in defense of freedom of speech. Look, Mohammed Atta who was the ringleader of the Muslim terrorist group that attacked us on 9-11, told the passengers on the the flight before they flew in, they didn't know they were going to fly into the World Trade Center. He said to the passengers, stay quiet and you'll be all right. Mm. Be quiet, and you'll be all right. That's exactly what we're being told today. Be quiet, and you'll be all right. And, you know, this is why I wrote the book. People that follow my work know I never talk about the personal, the private side. But I I feel we're reaching a tipping point. Mm -hmm. People are painfully, woefully uninformed. They have been disarmed in the information battle space. They have been disarmed in the war of ideas. This book not only outlines what it's like to live under death threat, but it's the battles, the daily battles, the the fight against the Ground Zero Mosque, a 16-story mosque Mm-hmm. In a building that was destroyed in the 9-11 attacks, it would have been Mecca on the Hudson, but we defeated it. The free speech battles I've had in New York, Washington, Florida, Chicago, San Francisco, to get our ads up when, when these devout Muslim groups are running pro-Sharia, pro-Jihad, mm-hmm. anti-Jewish ads. I mean, people don't know. As I said, it's like they're, Americans are, are like Helen Keller, and they move the furniture. Yeah and, yeah and and they really what the first thing they need to do is they need to get armed they yes. need to understand that uh, you know, freedom of speech is the foundation of a free society. And without it, a tyrant can wreak havoc unopposed while his opponents are silenced. And that's what we're seeing. Look, if speech that offends a group is outlawed, that group has absolute power, Andrea, that's and a right. free society is destroyed. And that's a exactly
1: group- why, excuse me for interrupting, but I was just flashing Lord. on the fact that that's exactly why President Obama and Hillary, when they chose to uh, f- find a cover and excuse for an Islamic ter- terrorist attack that they could have prevented in Benghazi, they choose to scapegoat. They choose Chose to scapegoat uh, the First Amendment and blame That's it exactly on a video, and then he went to the, he went to the United Nations and he said, "The future does not belong to those who would slander the Prophet." That was
2: very well intentioned. That's that, that. sounds like the Ayatollah Khomeini. That yes. is the, that is a that is the dictate and edict of a Muslim leader in a Muslim country. It's shocking that after a jihad attack on our boys, our people, that he would come out and blame the First Amendment. And we have gotten to a point where you say, "How did this happen?" Look, these groups named as unindicted co-conspirators. Named as Muslim Brotherhood Proxies. We're talking about CARE. We're mm-hmm. talking about ISNA, the Islamic Society of North America. We're talking about the Muslim Student Association, which torments and terrorizes Jewish students on college campuses that support Israel. They, they, have, they have infiltrated the Department of State, the Department mm-hmm. of Justice. Mm-hmm. And this is, didn't happen overnight. No. This is decades. And now we're at a point where any criticism, Andrea, of jihad terror that examines its ideological roots in Islam is mm-hmm. called Islamophobia. Yeah. The word is the word is used to intimidate people into thinking there's something wrong with opposing jihad terror. And this has deformed our response to terrorism by placing off limits mm-hmm. any examination of its guiding ideology and it effectively enforces Sharia blasphemy laws in the US mm-hmm. by placing Islam, the Quran and Muhammad beyond criticism. I am telling you, this book will shock people. But by the same token, it should be required reading mm-hmm. of every American. You just getting this book is a an act of defiance they won't put this I've had successful books in the past they won't put this book in the bookstores yeah. fatwa is a legal ruling by a recognized authority under Islam it is a death threat and people are living death threat in 21st century America I ask you Andrea if in the 70s or the 80s and the 90s I said to you I have a crystal ball and in this crystal ball I see a cartoon controversy where people are being killed over cartoons where embassies are being burned where Christians are being slaughtered in Muslim countries would people believe it they say oh my My God, what did Disney do?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got to ask you, I I used to, I have a former guest uh, that used to be a regular on my show. I don't have him on anymore. Um, And it was Dr. uh, Zudi Jasser. And I stopped having him on because of the comments that he made against you. I thought, you know what, 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 I thought, well, you know, why not have somebody on who says that he's a moderate and that he's going to, you know, reform Islam from within. Um, What are your thoughts on that?
2: Listen, Dr. Jasser lives in his own private Islam if all the Muslims were like Dr. Jasser, we wouldn't be having this conversation, and I would be living a very normal life. Right. The fact of the matter is is that I don't have to pat on the bat- back every Muslim that doesn't want to kill me. Right. I expect that. <laughs> That's, right? That's my bar. When Dr. Jasser says that the Hadith that the Surahs, the Quran, that, that calls for the genocide of the Jews, that calls for the actually the worst hatred, and this is what the jihad against Israel is. It has nothing to do with land. Mm-hmm. The same jihad as we're experiencing against the Christians, against Hindus in Pakistan, this is the jihad against the non-Muslims. You know, strike them at their m- necks, slay the unbelievers wherever you find them. You know, I, Muhammad said, I've been made victorious through terror. When he says that those hadith are illegitimate, that's just untrue. Right. That's just, that's just, that's deceptive, that's dissembling, and of course I understand everybody wants that unicorn. Everybody right. wants Jasser, and so if he says Geller is bad, then people are going to say, oh no, no, we want this guy, we want this fantasy, because if this mm-hmm. fantasy is not true, then what? That yeah. terrifies people, but the fact is, is Jasser is living in his own private mm-hmm. Islam, and if you look at Jasser's membership, his numbers, he has none. Yeah. And what he doesn't tell you is that he was thrown out of not one but two mosques. So Mr. Mr. Jasser is just not being honest with us. Right. Well, the truth, the truth of, is available for everybody to see
1: just in terms of what the results are in Europe and what's happened. And it just defies logic or any intelligent reasoning as to why Americans are on board with, with replicating that here in the United States. And, and it has to stop. We can't even get right now. We can't even get the Muslim Brotherhood declared a terrorist organization.
2: It's incredible. It is incredible. They, they declare, listen, the UAE declared CARE a terrorist group. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a Sunni country declared the Council of American Islamic Relations the go to Muslim advocacy group right. that ABC, NBC, CBS, I am called a hater. They call me, mm-hmm. but they never mention that CARE was named an unindicted co-conspirator in the largest terror funding trial in our nation's history. They never, no. ever mention that half their leadership is serving time for jihad terror-related crimes. This is the enemy, the enemy media. The left is aligned with the jihad force, and the yes. media is self-enforcing the Sharia. And if you don't, if you, let me tell you something about these cowards. They will, bu- they're terrified of the jihad, but let me tell you, they will bully, and they will attack People like myself, Mm -hmm. for not subjugating myself, for not surrendering. These Mm -hmm. cowards attack those that they know are Mm -hmm. not going to kill them. They have nothing to fear from me. Look, in the information battle space, they do because my ideas are better. Yeah. And I will win. I will win in the war of ideas, which is why they don't have me on, which is why they never debate me, which mm-hmm. is why they will attack me and call me a racist, Islamophobic, anti-Muslim bigot, and every and a monster. They have to monsterize mm-hmm. me right. because no one listens to the message of a monster. But I assure you, I am not a monster, right. that I am merely an American who stands in defense of freedom, give me liberty or give me death, and they, they are attacking and destroying and murdering the reputations of myself and my colleagues mm-hmm. and the American people. People have better wake, better wake up because you know right. what, Andrea. There are no casual observers in this war. No. There's a right side and there's a wrong side, and if you're sitting on the fence, it's evil.
1: Well, I thank you so much for all the work that you've done, and and how you've literally, you're literally putting your life on the line for this movement. That's how much you care, and that's how, what you've done. And the book is Fatwa. I'm sure everybody can just Google it and find it. I'm sure it's at Amazon. Um, I, you know, but like like you said, I. Their most book, I don't even know if Costco's carrying it, but Google it. Get the book Fatwa. Let's all support Pamela Geller. Most importantly, let's try to, let's try to fight back and stop the uh, creeping Sharia in the form of silencing us and speaking the truth about this. Pamela Geller, thank you so much.
2: Bless you, Andrea. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a great day.
1: Wow, what a hero. What a hero. You know what there are so many out there in the media as well as politicians on both sides of the aisle that, you know, act as though they're they're really serving this country. You know, they they go out and they run for reelection Uh, basically just to continue to stay on the the gravy train of the Dole talking about how they're serving the country. You know what serving your country is? It's doing like Pamela Geller. It's literally taking up a movement to the point where your life is on the line for it because that's how much you care about your country. That's how much you care about preserving its freedoms and its liberty. God bless Pamela Geller. We're going to take a break. We come back. We've got some other stories to talk about on the other side of the break. We got, to, we got to maybe talk about a little bit about it, some other threats uh, to the nation from within involving the corruption in D.C. from the very people who act like they're serving us when what they're really doing is serving themselves. More Andrea K. Show coming up.
4: Want more Andrea K.? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And like her Facebook page at Andrea K., Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E.
0: You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. So glad to have you. I mean, I just got goosebumps in the middle of my interview with Pamela Geller because she truly is a hero, and she gets this issue like none other do, and that that's why they have tried to marginalize her, try to silence her. And I encourage everybody to get her book. I cannot wait uh, to read it. You know, at the opening of the show I was talking I was using the circus analogy of what's going on in D.C. It truly is a circus. I mean, and no better example than the fact that we've got our FBI and other investigative bodies that are so corrupted that they've scrubbed. And it was Mueller, by the way, who scrubbed all of our investigative practices and of anything related to radical Islam. Uh, You remember Richard Pearl when he was taken off of an investigation that he was conducting where he was connecting the dots with all the mosques? And said that he could have prevented the San Bernardino massacre. Yeah, our investigative bodies are completely corrupted, and there's a reason why. You've got some that don't see the threat for for what it is. You've got the ones living in the Zudi Jasser fantasy world, and then you've got the left that wants to partner with Islam because what's common with Sharia and the leftist Marxist movement—a centralized government of power with complete control over its citizens—and some people say, well, there can't be compatible because um, you know there's a religious component with Islam. No, Islam is a political system. They pretend that it's a religion and we all need support to support people like Pamela Geller. We need to keep the pressure on this government. Who's really talking today about radical Islam? No, everybody's talking about this woman, the 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 woman that James Woods referred to as the clown dressed like a saloon hooker, the woman who exploited a widow for political gain. There's a few reasons why Congresswoman Wilson did that. Um, first and foremost, to try to exploit a widow, to try to, You know, uh, take uh, attack President Trump, but also, you know, she's thrilled that she's a rock star now. She was all gleeful. Ha ha, I'm a rock star. Doesn't that just prove that she didn't give a crap? about that widow okay but it was also distraction from the harvey weinstein story remember that that's what everybody was talking about for a week and nobody's really talking about it because that's really uh one of the one of the reasons for why that story with congresswoman wilson was was picked up by the media Uh, and then guess who comes in to the story okay just to back up though uh You know, the left has been pretending that they care about women for how long. And meanwhile, they spent decades covering up for a man who was going around assaulting women and sexually abusing them and raping them. And that was Bill Clinton. Then we find out for decades, they did the same thing. Uh, with Har- Harvey Weinstein covering up his crimes against women, uh, all for politics, because you can't separate D.C. from Hollywood. What's, what was the, the, uh, the liberals' response? You had Donna Karen blaming the women, saying it's because of the clothes they wear, wore. You had Mayan Bialik coming out and saying that she was smart enough to stay too ugly to be attacked. Well, then enter Bill Maher, who actually comes in yesterday or the day before and says that that phone call from Trump to the widow was worse than anything Harvey Weinstein did what where's the media where is the national organization of women where are all the pink hat wearing women coming out to say you know what a phone call that was obviously well-intentioned by the way I mean nobody with any intellectual honesty could say that President Trump intended to hurt anybody's feelings and oh by the way the words that he used were also similar words that Congresswoman Wilson had used before same words that had been said to John Kelly when he lost his son, who did not get a phone call, by the way, from President Obama, even if you thought that that phone call was callous, even if you thought that he intended to be disrespectful, you really going to tell me, Bill Maher, that that's worse than being raped? You call any woman and you give her the choice of a phone call that might have a moment in it that, you know, was a little less than sensitive versus being raped. I mean, I can't even believe that nobody's even talking about this. The Republicans actually should be jumping in here and piling on here because that is, it is just one more piece of evidence to prove once and for all we could be, this whole theory of staying back if your, your opponent is killing themselves and get out of the way. No, we need, to, we need to put it in the ground, leave a bloody corpse because they have managed to make a foothold in the arena of claiming to be the party of women. Somebody else pointed out yesterday on Facebook something though involving this story that I thought it was the only one that, that actually thought about it, but DJ Carrotsticks and I talked about it before we came in, and it's the widow. I, maybe she's friends with this Congresswoman Wilson, but I find it odd that Congresswoman Wilson happened to be in her car at the time she took a phone call from President Trump. I find it odd that that phone call was allowed to be publicized. I guess with the agreement of the widow, I find it odd that the widow decided to go on good morning America to discuss it. I I just find it odd that a widow and, you know, grief can take on many forms, but I find her, her contribution to the story troubling. That's all I'm going to say with that. Um, investigations happening into what happened in Niger. Um, you know, yesterday you've got people from Lindsey Graham and others coming out and saying, we didn't even know we had troop levels over there. Well, maybe if you had been going to attend AFRICOM meetings, Lindsey Graham and others, you might have known that we had uh, what the troop levels were, that we not only had troops there, but what the troop levels were and what the rules of engagement were and what they were doing over there, which was supposed to be combating radical Islamic Terrorist, because for eight years, you know, we've basically, you know, had them just rise up all over the place, thanks to the the financial aid and other enabling efforts of President Obama. You know, Dinesh D'Souza's movie 2016 predicted that at the end of 2016, um, you know that radical islam would be in power all across there and they have i mean we've had major successes recently in raqqa and other places but isis and radical islam has been allowed to spread and that's one of the reasons why they're there Uh, but another brilliant point by dj carrot sticks coming into the studio today was you know the left is trying to say hey this is president trump's benghazi and then it's like okay well then you acknowledge that benghazi was not about a video. It was not a spontaneous uprising. It could have been prevented. And our troops and people over there could have been spared and that there were mistakes made. Welcome to our side. Now, are you ready for some indictments? But oh, by the way, this was an ambush. The President Trump, they have not tried to blame it on some dopey video. They haven't lied to any of the family members and pretended it was about something other than what it was. We haven't seen 400 pages of security requests that were sent by these guys to the united states to the secretary of state and had them ignored that's not what happened here just more politicizing um before we take a break and we get into the taxes I, I let's lighten it up a little bit because speaking of dj carrot sticks i know that he's really excited that today we actually have the beginning of the world series right and we've actually got a west coast team in a world series it's the la dodgers
3: and eh, not so much
1: Well, I mean, you know, why not? Why not at least cheer for the Dodgers? Because maybe the Padres ain't going anywhere.
3: You know why? You know who I'm rooting for? I'm rooting for Houston because of what happened to them. They need this uplifting. You know this this thing will uplift the city of Houston. So that's that's the kind of person I am.
1: Well, I just normally I don't even talk about baseball because I find it as as interesting as you know um, watching you know. pasta being made i mean it's you know i would start to say paint dry but i mean, we need another cliche for something that's boring so i don't watch baseball but what i did what i find interesting about this is that it's supposed to be america's pastime yet again we've got another sport i find it interesting that they haven't taken up this take anything but yet again what bothers me about professional sports is the money aspect the people that buy the tickets and go to the games are primarily your middle class particularly to me baseball to me that's supposed to be like quintessential middle class america game, right? It's you know what the cheapest tickets are to go see the LA Dodgers tonight? $800. The average ticket price is $3,000. There is so much money in that sport. Now, I don't want to sound like a liberal talking about you know something elitist or you know, I don't bash people for how much money they make, but you know, when you're when you're pricing tickets at $3,000 a ticket and you know that your average supporter is not going to be able to go to the game, to me that's just wrong.
3: Well, it is just because it's the World Series and it's in Los Angeles. That's why the tickets are so much. And I can't, you know, the year that the Chargers move up to L.A., it would be just my luck that the Dodgers win the World (laughs) Series. Here I am, San Diego Homer. I love everything San Diego sports, but (laughs) things aren't turning out very good for us down here.
1: Well, But why why does it have to be $3,000 because it's in L.A.? Isn't Dodger Stadium in like the armpit of L.A.? Well, I mean, it's just cost demand. Try-
3: there's a lot. There's the, there's so many people in the city of LA.
1: Well, I'm st- you're, you're so still you. So they like- want
3: there's a lot of Dodger fans, and they only have so. Oh, so many it's a way to weed
1: out. People. So well, it's a way to weed out people. Okay, I I, I get. I don't know. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's
3: a we're a capitalist society we live in. So if you can get three thousand dollars for a ticket, I guess they'll do, it. and they'll get it because it's been twenty years. Twenty nine since- years. Yes, twenty nine years, years. since The Dodgers been in the World Series. Yeah, so. I
1: don't. I, yeah, well, I don't know. Here comes Al. He's from LA. Although he used to play football up there, I don't know if he's a baseball fan. Al can afford three thousand dollars for a ticket to go to the. You should take a, us. A well, well, all dude. three of us should go. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> Al, you should take all of us to see the Dodgers in the World Series. It's only three thousand dollars a ticket.
6: It's only money.
1: Yeah, it's only money, honey. <laughs> and maybe with Bush's tax plan, we're going to all have more of it. In our pockets, maybe we'll all be able to go to a baseball game. Maybe. You know, what, but what are they going to charge for a Dodger dog up there? They're going to charge like nine hundred dollars.
6: Probably. Oh, I don't think it's it's probably ten dollars. That's all.
1: That's all. Yeah, it's all only right. money. Well, we're, we're going to take a break. Speaking of money, honey, <laughs> now that my OG, my OG of taxes, is here, he's in the house. It's Al Arias. We're going to take a break. Hey, DJ Sticks, do an owl for us. Take us, take us to break his owl.
3: Oh yes uh, this is you're listening to the Andrea K show with cool how uh, We'll be right back after a few words.
4: Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea <laughs> Kay show to... and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E.
0: What?
4: You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. While we're on the subject of L.A. and Hollywood, have y'all heard that, that uh, Kathy Griffin, she's back out there doing her best to get her 15 minutes trying to be a rock star like uh, Congresswoman Wilson. So she's taken to a battle, a Twitter battle with Lisa Bloom over her representation. I guess it's all Lisa Bloom's fault. Uh, that she held up a decapitated head of Trump and lost her career, lost some paying gigs for it. I mean, I, I'm not really sure what her beef is with Lisa Bloom. I mean, I got my beefs with Lisa Bloom because this is a woman that's lined her pockets pretending that she's some at- activist for women who've been, you know, abused by men only to take up uh, representation of Harvey Weinstein, okay? But uh, I'm not really sure what Kathy Griffin's beef is uh, with Lisa Bloom. So just, you know, um... <sighs> I spent some time on last week's show. Actually, I've been spending time for years now talking about Hillary Clinton and, and with the real Russian collusion going on with her Russian reset and her basically working at Al, you're making noise over there with that paper, baby. Uh, with, the, <laughs> with Hillary Clinton, you know, she went around with her Russian reset and she uh, basically acted as the business developer for the Russian Silicon Valley. I mean, this, this story with, with, and then the uranium one, we've been talking about this for years. What we did not know was that there was an informant that there was an act that while all that was going on, there was an investigation uh, with an informant that was working for the FBI that was a part of the as the Russians were racketeering and bribing the Clintons, and that then this informant had been who knew everything that was going on who knew that while the fbi was investigating a racketeering scheme by the russians to try to infiltrate our uranium processes and all that that the F, that uh, the obama administration covered all of that up they the obama administration knew about this investigation they knew what was going on They had an FBI informant who was a part of all that, who had financial records, overheard phone calls, all of that, uh, that was all covered up in order to facilitate the sale of 20% of our uranium to the Russians. And what we did not know is that about this informant. To me, this is the real big story here, that we've gotten, that this cover up was, was not just about helping Hillary align her pockets with the Clinton Foundation with the pay to play, but there's actually an informant who knows it all, who's got all the goods, and he was pressured into signing a non-disclosure agreement, threatened by Loretta Lynch and the Holder uh, uh, Department of Justice, both both the uh, departments of justice, and that we still don't have right now Jeff Sessions. He should have already shredded that non-disclosure agreement to have him brought forth to tell everything that he knows about everybody i can for the life meanwhile jeff sessions is running all around it's a complicated story so i hope i really you know recapped it well national review i posted the article uh, on my facebook page yesterday actually did the best recap of what was going on that basically the obama administration with hillary clinton knowingly compromised our national security secrets they green-lighted the transfer of control of one-fifth of our uranium to a hostile regime, specifically to uh, Russia's nuclear energy conglomerate. At the time the administration approved the transfer, they knew that a subsidiary was engaged in racketeering. Then the FBI waited four years before they did some cheesy little charge that meant nothing. Then we've got this informant who has been threatened Meanwhile, we've got Jess Sessions running around bragging about what he's doing, how he's going to do like like they did to Al Capone and use the full weight of the law against MS-13. I want the full weight of the law. That is not why. People voted for President Trump. That's not when they chanted lock her up. It wasn't about MS-13. When they chanted drain the swamp, it wasn't about MS-13. Jeff Sessions needs to shred that NDA right now. Mueller and Rosenstein, who were actively involved in this transfer of one-fifth of our uranium, they need to be investigated, if not indicted, immediately. This needs to stop today. I, For the life of me cannot understand why President Trump is allowing this to go on. No more excuses for Jeff Sessions. He's the one who should have been fired, not Comey. What's Comey doing right now? He's revealed that he was the, he, uh, his secret Twitter account that he's going to run for office? Talk about a circus. President Trump, you are the ringleader. People are saying, somebody said today, well, we've got to get tax reform done. I'm going to talk to Al about that in a minute. Yeah, we need tax reform done. But Jeff Sessions ain't involved in legislation. He's not the one coming up with taxes. No, his job is to hold elected officials accountable. He's got ICE and other, and the Border Patrol and other, you know, law enforcement agencies that can go and route around MS 13. There's absolutely no excuse for why there's not been a special counsel right now. Anyway, speaking of tax reform and, and circus clowns, we got this Corker guy who's constantly bashing President Trump saying that he's sorry now he voted for President Trump because he just doesn't like Trump's. Well, thank you, Corker, for proving once again that the establishment would rather have Hillary Clinton in office, who did sell off our security to line her pockets and Bill Clinton's pockets, $500,000 to Bill Clinton, $150 million to the Clinton Foundation, and Corker would rather have her as president? You know what, they don't want Trump to get his tax plan in. Joining me now to talk about that, Al and I've I've had you on before, Al Arias, had you on before to talk about the tax plan. They're saying that that Trump's, the criticism today is this, that his tax message is muddled. I'm not really sure what's so muddled about the concept of lowering taxes across the board. The other um, accusation is that his tax plan is going to attack 401Ks. He says it's not going to attack our 401ks and they've also come out and said that what you and I talked about last time is not going to happen, that they're not going to take away our ability to deduct state and local taxes. They must get something done by Thanksgiving in order for it to have any positive effect going into 2018. What do you think is going to happen and what should they do?
6: Well, I don't think it's... um Very predictable about what's going to happen. First of all, the whole theme of simplification definitely is not going to happen. And we start with all these rumors about the 401ks. They came out of nowhere. Yeah. The Republicans weren't talking about that. What's getting, what the reason there's muddling has to do with the Democrats and the opposers of tax reform. We're not going to get tax reform we're probably going to get tax cuts, but the nature of the tax cuts will increase complexity, not simplify. How so? The only thing that's... Well, you start Give me one with, example. Oh, The one example is the qualified plan environment. It's a piggy bank for Congress. yeah. And so they keep changing the rules over and over and over. Nobody understands how much that costs because you have to redraft your uh, 401ks and other qualified plan documents. And that costs money, minimum 1500 bucks every time that happens. And if you're a big outfit, it costs real money. Mm -hmm. So that the tinkering with qualified plans is very, very administratively costly, not to mention the income taxes. Mm -hmm. So try to do something with your, with your IRA, right? There are, There's a hundred pages of uh, authority that you have to deal with Mm -hmm. to decide, can you do it or not? Mm -hmm. It is pathetic, but you can multiply that. Any thought that you have is like that. Mm -hmm. So simplification is not going to happen. The whole idea of the controversy over disallowing taxes as a deduction doesn't apply to a single individual who's making $120,000 per year or more Mm -hmm. uh, to a couple, married couple that's making more than 160,000 per year. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So is that the middle class? It's the, at least it's the upper middle class. Mm -hmm. It's not the rich. And they're not getting any benefit from deducting their taxes. Mm -hmm. No, no benefit. We have a flat tax. It's called the alternative minimum tax. The rate to people that I just described, 120 or more, 160 Mm -hmm. or more, is 28%. -hmm. So if they reduce the tax rates, let's say that the 35% bracket stays because that's for the rich. Okay. Okay. And they don't want to attack They they don't want to give a tax benefit to the rich. The rich are going to get most of the benefit because they pay most of the tax. Right. But the middle class is everybody else,
1: essentially. Well here's, well, here's what I here's what I wish that the tax the, the Republican Party always waits. Here they've they've been uh, for eight years saying they were going to come up with tax reform. For eight years they could have been.
6: Oh, to, helping. forget about tax reform. Right.
1: I, I'm talking about messaging. Because one of the biggest problems that we have in this country right now is a cultural issue that relates to taxes. The Republican Party has allowed the left to make every conversation about taxes being about taxing tax cuts for the rich, um, you know, and and it's all based upon this notion. First of all, the average American doesn't understand there's no such thing as government money. That every dollar that is that it spends. Uh, comes from somebody's pockets. There's never, therefore, there should be a discussion about spending. You should never, no no Republican should ever have a conversation about tax cuts without uh, without working in a conversation about spending. And working it into the conversation that there is no such thing as government money. Uh, Most Americans never think of it in those terms. It is immoral to have our entire conversation about taxes be centered under the premise that the government has a right to take anybody's private property. I don't care whether they make $10 million a year or $10 an hour. And so the Republicans have done a really crappy job. They've had eight years to not only come up with a tax plan, but to change the conversation, to help change the culture of America. Because... Whatever we do with taxes, the, you know, we've got Republicans coming out and saying, "Well, what's the in- what's the problem to our deficit? Yeah, we'll cut it over here, but we've got to take this away here because it might not be deficit neutral or that." Meanwhile, there's no conversation about spending, right. and it's not going to solve.
6: Getting rid the- of the estate tax, yeah, that'll increase income taxes by a factor of five. Taxes, income taxes go up five times, right? Yeah. just to get rid of the estate tax, and administrative costs go up more than that. Because you have to find out what people paid for property when they die and they bought it 50 years ago. Good luck at finding out what the cost basis of that property is. It's going to be hundreds and hundreds of hours of administrative effort, which costs, if you say it costs $100 an hour, we're talking multi-millions in administrative costs. Not to mention that the income taxes go up by more than a factor of five.
1: So to me, uh, it, you know, aside from some of those details, to me it, it it's overly complicated. That's pretty significant
6: detail. Well, I know,
1: but what I'm saying, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, th- yeah, no, but- no,
6: but it happens everywhere. Okay, we're we're cutting this, but we're increasing that exactly, and the effect is they wash exactly. That, maybe taxes actually go up.
1: Yeah, and that that's my whole point. And the average American is not benefiting. we still got $20 trillion in debt. That's not being addressed because the issue that we have in this country is not about revenue coming into the government. It's about how much is being spent. And that is the issue that's not being addressed. It's what the Republican Party has failed to educate the American people on. Well, not I think edu-
6: the one thing that uh, the Last Republicans are getting significant credit, uh, in my mind, is about growth. Yes. And that it affects... Everyday people, yes, you're going to be way better off if we're at three percent growth, and we'll be eliminating the deficit and right. cutting the debt.
1: Well, they're not. They're that's a message that they're starting to get out there, but they're not saying it as well as you did and as consistently uh, as as they should. So Al Arias, thanks for being here. Got to get into my Hero of the Week and my Stink of the Week awards. You might be in contender for Hero of the Week with that little soundbite you just gave me because it was brilliant. Uh, my Hero of the Week, though, has to go to um, the brave Americans who put themselves on the line. We lost four heroes this week in Niger, uh, an area that many people didn't even know we had troops. Many people don't even know what they were there for and what cause they were fighting for. But I can tell you what it was. Regardless of the specifics of the mission on the ground, they were there representing our country. They were there fighting for freedom and for liberty. They were obeying their chain of command and the orders that they were giving. And they did it with honor and with grace. And to them, we owe them so much. Thank you to all the heroes that put their lives on the line and the heroes of this week. Yesterday, we also had uh, the anniversary of the Beirut bombings. So they get... Um, my hero of the week yesterday in terms of stink of the week it's it's neck and neck it's got to be this congresswoman wilson for the way her exploitation of um not just to me it wasn't just an exploitation of um the widow johnson but also of all all the heroes, because we should be talking about them today, not about her, not about her being a rock star. And then when John Kelly spoke up, then she, you know, and, and criticized her for grandstanding and having a history of exploiting um, heroes uh, for for political power. Then she pulled the race card out of her pocket, which is absolutely despicable. The left has no explanation for why that gold star widow and her feelings matter, but John Kelly's don't don't. And John, and that it's okay to actually defame him and to smear him. When he was, after he stood there in front of America and did a press conference, choking back tears over the loss of his son, who gave his life for Congresswoman Wilson, among others. An absolute disgrace. She not only is a rock star, she should absolutely be shunned from society for what she has done this past week. Thank you all for being here. I appreciate it. Hey, tomorrow night, I'm going to be filling in for my buddy Joe Messina on The Real Side with Joe Messina. That's going to be from 6 to 9 Pacific time. I'm right here every Tuesday on AM 1170. Uh, let's see, Mondays, I'm on One America News, 6 p.m. on Tipping Point with Liz Wheeler. And don't forget my TV show, West Coast Weekly with Andrea Kay. You can uh, view all the episodes on Jewel TV's uh, YouTube channel because I'm part of the Ju- the new Jewel TV network. Love you all. Love you, Al. Love you, DJ Carrot Sticks. Thank you to Pamela Geller for being here. Amazing guest. No Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Got no knife. Don't you start
5: no fight.